Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Friends Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcast without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. Then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio, your number one podcast for the paranormal, the unusual, the conspiratorial, and everything else and above. And of course, I can't do this without my co-host. Every week and every week and every week and every week, of course, by my side, Jake Losey. Jake, what's up? Still kicking, my man. Still kicking. How are you doing? There we go. I'm trying to give us a little electrifying intro there. Get us going here for tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got a great podcast for everyone tonight, so make sure you uh, buckle up and take a nice ride with us tonight. We're going to be talking about the satanic panic of the 1980s, man. And, you know, me and Jay, we grew up in the 80s. We're going to be talking about that tonight and uh, a lot more. And uh, how how you doing, Jay? How's everything? Man? Everything well? Oh man, everything is fantastic. Everything is fantastic. Uh, this is such a great topic. I've been really looking forward to it. We, you guys don't know how many weeks we've actually postponed and had to push this one yeah. uh, back up the back burner. I've been very excited because these are some of my earliest childhood memories and where I was really starting to decide on where I might fit and or not fit in society. So uh, this whole topic, it just it brought up a lot of feelings and memories for me. So uh, I'm great. I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm jacked. What's up? Let's do it. All right. Well, let's listen. Let, uh, let's everybody let everybody know about, of course, the social media uh, where they can follow us, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. Uh, you can follow us all in any one of those uh, locations. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, make sure you subscribe, follow, share, do all the stuff that you can uh, to support the show. We really appreciate it. How to listen to the podcast, real simple. Just go to our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. You can go right there and click any one of the links that it can take you to any one of the, uh, you know, the normal, uh, most popular, uh, you know, streaming sites that, you know, sh- share music and podcasts just like ours. Of course, we're talking about iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places for you guys to uh, check out. So it's all right there for you guys in one location at darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And if you want to uh, uh, contact us, anything for the mailbag, or uh, if you are interested in becoming a guest on the show, uh, you can contact us directly at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, that's thedarkfringe at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for the uh, intro, Jay. Do uh, you have anything else you want to add in? No, man. So you got all the housekeeping done. Uh, everything is tied up and ready to go. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's uh, jump right in, Jay. Let's go right into the mailbag. Let's do it. How about that? Yeah, man. It's mailbag time. Please check your mailbox. Nice. Time for a mailbag. No. no. <laughs> slow nope. down. Slow down there, cowboy. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> don't go too fast. But the uh, first one for tonight there, Jay, is uh, one from George Hopkins from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the subject of the email is Dr. Sleep. 
Uh, and he says, uh, good afternoon, guys. George here from Minneapolis. And I wanted to know if you guys have caught, uh, if either you or Jay have caught the new movie, uh, which is the sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. Uh, I was actually able to see it on Friday night, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, there was a good blend of the old-school Kubrick type of horror mixed in with the best of modern horror. And I'm not sure if you've heard that Stephen King said himself that he approved of Dr. Sleep and it didn't have uh, it didn't leave a bad taste in his mouth like The Shining did. So, uh, Jay, I don't know. I don't think you saw that one yet, Jay, no? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one up there in uh, Minnesota there. Uh, don't you know? No, I have not seen that. But I heard good things about the scary people that are living in those Yeah, listen. Uh, no, I have not seen it yet, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's on my list of things to go see. Yeah, yeah, listen, Jay, if you guys haven't caught on by now from the multitude of episodes that we've done, I don't know, we've done 60-something episodes now, Jay. Jay is not yeah. the one to be going out to horror movies. It's just not in him to do that. <laughs> it's not in his nature. You know, if it's a comedy, it's an action, something like that, yeah. But uh, if it's a horror yeah. movie, nah, not so much. You know what I mean? So, uh, but no, listen, I have I mean, I made it through. I made it through House on Haunted Hill and uh, what was the other one? Oh, the other one was the Amityville Horror, which was slow. That one got kind of gotten sleepy there at the end, no? Yeah, that was shit. But <laughs> hey, I went out and I did it, so what's up now? No, you did, you did. You manned up, man. You went out there. And uh, actually, just talking about that, thanks for bringing that up, Jay. A little side note uh, for any of you uh, listeners that are local here. Uh, to the area, uh, Lake Worth, uh, you know, West Palm Beach area here in Florida. Uh, they're actually doing another showing this Friday night. Uh, Sh- uh, Shakarama is putting out the 35th anniversary of the Nightmare on Elm Street. So they're going to be playing that, I believe, at 9 o'clock on Friday night. So I'll be out there, Jay. Um, I know <laughs> I know that's a tough one for you, man, and I understand that if you don't want to go to that one, I, I get it. I understand. I have I have a serious inner struggle with it. I'm having a serious because I want to go and I want to do it, yeah. uh, and then I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Yeah, because it's one thing to see it on a movie, like no, on a TV screen, and you see it, you're like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. But like to immerse yourself into a movie theater where you know it's just total darkness. You know what I mean? And you're just like completely zoned in and locked into this huge fucking screen you know what i mean you know what's gonna happen but it still gets you at the end no yeah yeah no yeah 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 (laughs) that's my whole point yeah yeah (laughs) well listen uh, i'll be out there friday uh but listen no george i haven't seen dr sleep i'm uh, really excited to see it uh i just haven't had a chance to um you know get out there to go watch that film but i really do want to see it and I, i look forward to it because i'm a huge shiny fan and uh, I want to just see if they did right by the uh, original movie. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Haven't seen it, but um, everybody that I uh, have heard that's seen it has said nothing but great things about it. So I'm um, looking forward to checking that out. So I appreciate that, George, and sending that in. Uh, next one comes in from a Vincent Berkowitz from Phoenix, Arizona. And the uh, subject for this one, Jay, is Wizard of Rock. Interesting. Wizard Okay. Rock. Yeah. So, uh, hello, guys. Uh, Vincent here from Phoenix. Uh, there's been a little bit of a mystery here in Phoenix as of late, and it surrounds a certain boulder, okay? Earlier in October, uh, forest officials were mystified that a local landmark, Wizard Rock, uh, which is a one-ton boulder, by the way, Jay, suddenly vanished from its position along Highway 89 in Prescott, Arizona. So, uh, Jay, apparently uh, one of the the one-ton boulder mystery turned uh, turned back to its spot on Friday mysteriously, 
Uh, and uh, under a lot of speculation, how the you know one ton rock basically disappeared, uh, you know, which include of course extraterrestrial, uh, you know, <laughs> theories and just plain old thieves. But it's a one ton rock, Jay. I mean, of black quartz, and basically it was gone one minute and then it just reappeared. So what say you on that? Pretty fucking weird. Yeah, and I verified the story, Jay, too. Nothing. No. And it's not just a matter of it moving. Right. But if you if it's nowhere to be found, it's not like you can just put that in your pocket and keep it a secret. No, it's like literally You're gonna like... see a one ton black quartz rock. Yeah, listen, they took and a I picture. Don't know, man. They took a picture of a lady like next to it. It was like literally the size of the lady. So it's literally like four and a half foot tall. Probably a width of a you know a person laying down. I mean that's how big it is, and yeah, I just don't see how something like that can just be, you know, just gone one minute and reappear the next. But yeah, you know, I mean, like, unless they have like heavy you know machinery and equipment, but don't you think people would have hey. seen that? You know what I'm saying? And, and what what's the point? What, what's the point of it, moving it and putting it? Like, what's the point in that? Right, right. You're right. Yeah. What is the point? But again, you know, very mysterious. Uh, one ton rock, Jay, from just. You know, disappearing and reappearing in, in Phoenix. So, yeah, we're going to follow that story, uh, Jay. And I, I, I checked it out. It's legit. I mean, it's all over the news there. And uh, people are just, like, wondering what the hell happened. But they're, like, really happy that The Rock is back uh, because it meant a lot to them. I guess there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know just, you know, significance because it's been there for so long. So uh, they're just happy to see it back where it you um, Go ahead. I'm glad, the, I'm glad The Rock is back, too. Uh, Baywatch was a travesty. It was just a awful, awful, awful set to his career. Moana got him back, oh, kind of right in the saddle, right? With that last fast, ooh, that movie was wow. Oh, Woohoo, yeah, that yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And But now it looks like this new one he's got coming out is going to be the UFC fighter Mark Kerr. That looks yeah, cool. That, uh... Uh, I'm glad The Rock is back, too. Yeah, that looks interesting. He's taking a real, you know, big risk in taking down this role because it's not, um, you know, the normal, uh, you know, <laughs> sunshine and roses type of role. Uh, you know, Mark Kerr. If you know anything about the guy, um, you know, the guy suffered through a lot. And, you know, when you know, battled a lot of drug and alcohol abuse and uh, you know, steroid abuse, and it was just crazy. Yeah, it's a very dark life of an athlete who, at one point, was the the most dominating force anybody ever seen uh, before a sport really got going. Uh, you know, those are the medieval times of, of, of the UFC and of MMA. And uh, it should be a very good movie. Yeah, now listen, looking forward to checking that out. But uh, listen, thanks again, Vincent, for sending that in about the Wizard Rock. Uh, that's a very unusual and cool story. And uh, thanks for sending that in because um, I wouldn't have even known about it. I mean, I, it didn't even come across my radar uh, but when I did some research on it, yeah, it's a it's a legit case, and it's pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll do some more investigating on that, and we'll let you know if we see anything else. So, uh, Jay, that brings us to the next topic, and uh, or the next uh, you know segment of the podcast here, and that's what the f Florida man. And of course, uh, you know this is a subject and a, a little topic that we've come together here, and uh, we talk about the glory of Florida. And uh, what do I mean by that is. You know, this uh, particular state uh, has a um, particular um, way of uh, making its way into the headlines in, uh, <laughs> in very peculiar ways. And just the headlines alone, 
uh, that Jay has been able to procure in the last few weeks here. It's just amazing enough. But uh, we hear about it every day uh, living here in Florida, Jay, right? Uh, I mean, every day it's a crazier and crazier story. Uh, but that brings us, of course, oh, yeah. to what the F Florida, man. So let's uh, let's bring the introduction here. Florida, man. Now to the town of Sefner, Florida, near Tampa, where last night the earth opened up as it does increasingly, and this time it swallowed a 37-year-old man as he slept in his home. A man accused of destroying a liquor store in Okaloosa County told police he was in Alice in Wonderland. Matthew Horace Jones also said a caterpillar smoking a hookah told him to do it. A man calls 911 while Collier County Sheriff's deputies are chasing him, and he says Donald Trump, our president, is his personal friend, a close one at that. A Lakeworth man is uh, not too happy. He's accused of getting violent when waiters at a restaurant told him they weren't giving away free pizza. Covering Florida this morning, a Key West man is behind bars. Investigators say he was caught with a large amount of cocaine hidden in this Cookie Monster doll. Holy shit! There we are. What that Florida man? Jay, what do you have this week for What that Florida man? Fucking love that opening. That's awesome. Isn't All right. It? What the Florida man is a little unique this evening. Uh-oh. Uh, what the Florida man is not just about a particular person Uh-oh. or persons in Florida. Okay. This goes to show the true depth of the lack of knowledge <laughs> and common sense and then a strange ability to focus on the wrong fucking thing that really doesn't matter. Here we go. An orangutan okay. is now a legally non-human person in Florida. Okay, so... There's a particular orangutan. Okay. 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 The orangutan's name is Sandra. Sandra is a 33-year-old orangutan, and she has been legally regarded by the state of Florida to be considered a non-human person. It has been granted that status by an Argentinian judge who determined that she had some of the same rights as us, uh, as us folks, as she puts it, legal personhood. So the state of Florida now recognizes this orangutan as a non-human, what the fuck does that even mean? So it's, you're telling me there's like a subclass of humans or something, or that's that's what it kind of reads to. Yeah, it I reads mean... to uh, it, it raises her, it gives her some cer- certain basic human rights, uh, but not full human rights. So um, let me ask you this, Jay: When that fucking orangutan decides to just wig out one day and rips off your fucking face? Do they like uh, give it the same kind of rights? Prison. I mean, yeah. Do they put it in gotta, prison? What do they do? Gotta go to jail. Find the biggest bitch in the yard. I, yeah, I mean, for real. Yeah, is I, that what they do? I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting I, to find out. I don't know. It, it's such a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like, man, I'm telling again, you, man, this is like getting out of control. Then it really is. What is it? What does it matter? What does it matter? Do you write anything? If we call it, if we don't give it the basic human rights of a human or a non-human, do you think it's because? Um, do you think it's because orangutans and monkeys they are like the closest things that kind of look like us? That's why they're they're like this. You I know, mean, we act like this with. There's, 
you know, I mean, I'm sure there's that. I'm sure there's that to a point. But at the end of the day, there is a level of sophistication that we can get to. Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to offend like Peter or nothing. Uh-huh. You know these these animals can do amazing things. Absolutely. My feelings on it, though, is the orangutan doesn't know the difference between the rights it's got and the rights it won't have. So why are we wasting our time, our, our judiciary time, on that instead of solving? Real issues. Yeah, because we like state. to waste our money. Oh, that's right, because it's Florida. Yeah. We like to waste our money on just things that just make no sense and just stuff like this, you know? I mean, it is amazing. It's amazing that this even is even a story. Um, this shouldn't even be a story in the news. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But again, this is Florida, of course, and nothing is uh, out, of, uh, <laughs> out of the imagination. Uh, out of your brain when it comes to Florida. I mean, anything can possibly happen here. And uh, even orangutans can get rights here, too. So uh, thanks, Jay, for uh, what the F Florida, man, uh, or what the F orangutan, man. How about that? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> or was it a woman? Or how about that? Was it a girl I wonder or, if she or man like orangutan? Like a, Tinder, a Tinder app. I mean, she's got rights now. Uh, it's a girl, right. right, you said? Yeah, Sandra. She's uh, 33. Sandra, she's 33. <laughs> Sounds like somebody, like one of your girlfriend's girlfriend's friends or something. Sandra, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, thanks, Jay, for uh, that story. And uh, uh, that's going to bring us, of course, to, of course, the main topic of tonight. And it main is topic. The main topic. And really excited about this, Jay. And it's the satanic panic of the 1980s. Hey, this is Steve DeShavi, and you are listening to Doc Fringe Radio. Denver police have had a serious problem with teenagers and Satanism over the past five years. The most disturbing, an increase in teenage homicides and suicides with ritualistic or satanic overtones. Animal sacrifices, birds, dogs, church desecrations and burglaries, chalices stolen. They use them to drink the blood of their sacrifices. Do you still believe in Satan? Yeah, he can come into you and make you do wicked stuff and weird things like that. Like, for instance? Hurt people, hurt your family. In the 80s, I felt compelled to defend Satanism, primarily because you have to understand, growing up in this religion, I almost began to regard it as a kind of problem sibling. It was like my brother. It was under attack when all of these horrendous accusations were happening. And I called my father and I asked him what his media strategy was to deal with it. And he confessed that he had no media strategy whatsoever. He didn't care. At that point, he was living in a complete isolated bubble. My mother had left him. So I said, well, if you need anybody to answer questions or just to answer a phone call or something, I said, I can do it. From there, I became the high priestess of the Church of Satan. Uh, Jay, you were born, uh, what, 80? I was born in 79. We grew up throughout the 80s, man. We, yep. we lived it. We were there. We we, we saw it. And, uh, you know, the, the satanic panic, for those that don't know, during the 1980s, um, you know, uh, very early in the 1980s, uh, there was kind of like a, a widespread, uh, you know, thought of uh, mind that there was a, a lot of satanic uh, worshiping happening. Um, it really kind of sparked off um, earlier in the 70s with the Charlie Manson murders. Of course, Jay, everybody remembers that. 
Um, you know, and that was uh, uh, a lot to deal with, uh, you know, uh, occult magic and stuff like that, that you know, Charlie Manson said that, you know, that was part of his practice and what he had, you know, his followers do as well. And it was all a part of that. And that kind of started the whole thing, you know, Jay, um, that that whole that whole yeah. mess. And then um, again, you know, uh, the Jonestown massacre that many of you may or may not remember. Uh, but that was, of course, Jim Jones. And he uh, basically ran a cult of uh, people uh, that basically followed him and they went to uh, Ghana. Um, it's a country yep. in uh, South America. Um, and uh, <clears throat> basically what happened at the end of the day, uh, they all basically committed a mass suicide. And it was basically one of the most horrific mass suicides I could ever even imagine. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, aerial footage of that, Jay, of uh, when the like the helicopter goes around, you know that, that that encampment where they all you know you know drank that Kool Aid basically, and that's where that whole phrase, by yep. the way, you know, don't drink the Kool Aid came from. That's where it came yep. from. Yeah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it's yeah. And that that aerial footage still haunts me to this day, Jay, and it's just like unbelievable. Uh, and you know, just to see all those bodies just laying there and just for senseless, just nonsense, Jay. You know, that was one one of those things in the you know. In the you know in history that in our time that you know of course it happened maybe a little bit before we were born but you know the uh, the the effects of it still rippled you know as you know we were you know growing up that's some crazy shit to know that a whole bunch of people would kill themselves over you know the the thoughts and beliefs of you know one guy and then we again we had it in the mid eighties with David Koresh you remember that guy yep yeah and Waco yeah man. Texas so yeah yeah the whole Waco Waco, Texas. That you know, I've seen I've seen documentaries on that too. It's the eighties was such a an era of excess. Yes. Everything was excess. There was nothing that was from the hairstyle to the styles that were in the music to the cars that people drove to the extremes uh and wealth versus poverty. Uh, that was a huge time where the wealthy were at one of their most wealthy and the poorest were at one of their poorest. Yeah. You have Reaganomics. You have uh, the Berlin Wall. I mean, there was so many things going on in the 80s. Everything was to excess, yep. uh, including cold-style murder. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was happening, you know. You get someone who's like. Yeah, and in the early 80s, there was this one particular case, Jay, that kind of sparked this whole thing. Um, it was a, um, you know, like a, a, a very simple, nerdy uh, college student guy. Uh, he ends up committing suicide or he ends up like getting lost in like the drainage sewage uh, uh, containment center of his, his college dorm, uh, basically underground in these sewers. Anyways, um, you know, they find him and he's still alive. And, you know, these people don't realize the guy was mentally ill. You know, this guy had like a mentally, you know, it was mentally ill. It, it, was, it was documented, you know. Many a times. So the kid ended up killing himself. I guess he ended up shooting himself in the head and he ended up dying. And uh, one of the guys that was investigating the suicide kind of concluded that there was one thing that he, there was a kind of a common thing that he was seeing with a lot of these kids that were committing suicide was supposedly they were all playing Dungeons and Dragons. And so, uh, you know, that kind of uh, oh. sparked a lot of that. And, <laughs> And, uh, you know, even the parents uh, to this day, they believe that uh, that kid was, uh, you know, the reason why he died was because he played that game. And, you know, uh, you know, you and I played that game growing up, you know, Jay. And 
Uh, we had a mutual friend that uh, we also played with as well, but uh, you know his parents uh, or his mother in particular was a uh, a little uh, a little against the game. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah. I remember, I remember there was uh, all kinds of different uh, different people saying that, about how it was actually dragging up evil and right. having people be. Uh, you know, taken over, and, and it was nothing of the sort. You know, it was a strategy game. But it did, it blended everything. I mean, yeah. there was uh, there was a, the tour between Molly Crew and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah. You know, he goes out as the Prince of Darkness, and that was right about the time when Shout Out the Devil came out. And people were, uh, they were boycotting. They were not having anything to do with Molly Crew. Yeah. Uh, I think they said Shout With and not Shout At the Devil. Right. Right, exactly. And, and lyrics were out. You could see what they were, what was written. Right, and, and that so, time, especially those cassette times, and all the lyrics are written on the inside of those cassettes, so it was very easy to see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just it was there was every, it was everywhere you went. Right. You know, uh, Metallica was on was on trial for for satanic messages in their music. You everything. Yeah, everything Ozzy Osbourne had, was on the. It was the, so just. The Geraldo, yeah, uh, Ozzy Osbourne was on the Geraldo Rivera show, um, and basically he was getting berated by Geraldo, basically saying, you know, don't you feel responsible? Because he was saying that there was a link to a lot of these suicides and all these kids listening to heavy metal music, and it's just like, so you're going to blame me that I just come up with music that, you know, these kids happen to commit suicide. How about How about the other surrounding factors that are around them? Maybe their parents or stuff like that. Why don't you look at that? And, you know, he, Ozzy Osbourne made a fucking great point, uh, oddly enough. You know, uh, you know, these were the days where he wasn't as fucked up. But, you know, he made a very lucid and, and valid point, you know. And it's just, it was, it's crazy to me, like, how all this just, it was like fire. Like, it just spread like fire. I mean, talk about Metallica, you know, they talked about the Black Album. You don't have to have the serpent on the Black Album. They said it was supposed to represent 666, you know what I mean? And. You know, uh, you know, praising the devil that yeah. way. So it was just like stupid shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And it just like it just was one thing oh, after yeah. another, after another, after another, and it just it, it just it just continued. It even continued into the 90s. You know, we talk about the satanic. It you know, we talk about the satanic it panic of the 80s, but it continued into the 90s. I remember, you know, Marilyn Manson when he came out, everybody thought that was the fucking Antichrist, right? Yeah. Oh, we were all we were all sure that he was. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, nobody had ever seen anything like him. He, he all white makeup. Uh, you know, like we kissed it in the seventies. It was kind of cheeky and cute, but the way he did it was uh, was dark and ominous. Yeah. Uh, so of course, anybody that was on the outside looking in, parents looking in, thinking they've got to do something about it, or, or not understanding it, so they're they're not open to it so then it all automatically becomes and for some reason the 80s was hyper religious i mean with all yeah. the televangelists you had out that's what the problem uh, is. that's what that's that what was I'm the saying. Problem. Yeah, that was the problem that was the height of it ev- was ev- evangelicalism and all that shit and all that you know oh that crazy shit man yeah man you have people uh abusing their their misappropriated funds yeah from churches yeah, televangelists who aren't uh, liable to, to being taxed, who are being 
who are getting millions upon millions of dollars donated to them. And, of course, they're going to push us to be more afraid to question and more afraid to understand. You can have a, you can believe in whatever you'd like. If you, if you believe there's a God or an energy or something, then good for, good for you. Uh, if you don't, that's fantastic also. You know what, Jay? But in the 80s, it was so pushed. Yeah, you know what, Jay? That actually brings up another point. You know, you talk about these, you know, evangelical people during that time and how powerful they were. I mean, I mean, for instance, remember like Billy Graham, that guy, how powerful that guy was. Mm. I mean, he was meeting with. It like, was every fucking where. He was everywhere. And he was meeting with like the president. Like he was with like, you know, with Reagan and, you know, you know, anybody that was going to be like, uh, you know, a a political, you know, uh, front runner at, you know, you know, election time. The, the main thing was to get endorsed by him. You know, because he drove such a big, you know, voting behind him because of, you know, him having all those evangelical people behind him. So Billy Graham, I mean, don't you think that would have been a great narrative for him to you know, been able to say, hey, listen, this is a narrative I want you to go ahead and spin for us. And uh, it actually helps us out because, you know, it's uh, anti-religion and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we could really push this you know, narrative. Don't you think that could have been a possibility? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would not take anything away from uh, our government and and the strange backroom deals that happen that nobody really understands how things worked out that way. Uh, yeah, I, I could absolutely it's an absolute possibility. Yeah, I think so too, man. And you know, it's so crazy how like when history repeats itself. I mean, you know, we talking about guys like Marilyn Manson. You know how much of a, a you know craze that he he stirred when he came out and, uh, and and continues to you know now it's like people look at him as like okay that's just Marilyn Manson whatever there's no shock value at all anymore you know what i mean nope. they just see him as just yeah. as just well, as you get, quirky you, dude you, you know get desensitized but no i was just saying like you just see him now as this quirky dude and like like you said yeah you become desensitized yeah you you get desensitized there's there's always got to be that next thing and that next thing and then that next thing though Here's the other flip side. All right, here's the flip side of the coin, though. We are no longer on the youthful rebel side. We're no longer the <laughs> outcasts. We're no longer the skid row. We're, right, yeah. We are. We are. We're the enemy. The, we're this generation. <laughs> like we are now the parents. We're now the adults who have to hear these mumble mouth rappers that you can't understand a word they uh, say. Uh, these dance moves that look so fucking ridiculous uh, but i know if you skip back to our parents generation they said the same thing about us now I we're know. that generation yeah uh so there's a possibility that our sensitivity our point of views have changed due to age wisdom and knowledge things we've picked up things we've survived uh you can't say we're anything like we were back when we were kids man yeah you're right uh, and that's so now again we are doing to them what the whole the 80s Satan worship thing did to, I mean, it really split parents and kids. You know, did, kids really just want did. a little bit of freedom, and parents, the parents were always coming down on them. Yeah, it was bad. It really was bad. I mean, they made it seem like, you know, at any moment you could be fucking kidnapped by Satanists, you know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, that's what, that's what it felt like to me at one point. I mean, that's how it was spun to me. You know, it was like, uh, you always should be careful who you should hang out with because you never know if they're Satanists. You know, it's just like, that's such a total religious thing, you know, but it's like, 
I'm not even that religious. You know what I mean? Like, why would they want me? You know what I mean? Why they wouldn't pick up some Catholic kid off the street? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not me. Yeah, why would you I'm want me? Uh, anyways, but uh, I'm with. Uh, that was what the '80s was like, man. It yeah. was you had to have your head on a swivel because you didn't know. You had John Walsh on uh, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he 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 lost his kid too. So that everybody he was lost like, he, he lost his kid. So then that suddenly became the battle cry. You know, I actually I owned a gym. This is obviously now now we're talking about mid two thousands uh, in Tennessee, and I I actually got to have lunch with him. And we talked about uh, his his child in this case. He was putting out a, a DVD for safety for children. Wow, that must have been a conversation, man. It was interesting, dude. Uh, it must have been, yeah. It was very interesting. He was he's a very interesting guy. You know, another thing, Jay, that they um, kind of attribute a lot of this to as well is uh, during the late seventies and early eighties. You know, there was a lot of the uh, uh, more of the uh, you know spiritual spirituality movement that was happening during that time. People were moving away um, little by little from the Catholicism and the Baptist, you know, the Baptist kind of side and, you know, Presbyterian and all those, you know, different subsects of, you know, Catholicism and and, uh, and uh, Christianity. And uh, so you started seeing a little bit more of an influx of people going towards the spirituality side, uh, people doing, you know, uh, getting into new age and, spirit, you know, energy work and uh, things of that nature. Uh, so a lot of people started attributing that to, you know, the whole, you know, satanic panic as well. So even people that uh, were maybe into like Wicca uh, were automatically demonized as, you know, these people who are Satan worshipers and they had nothing to do with that, uh, which was another interesting you know point, because, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, during that time were very you know afraid of, you know, even saying that they believed in stuff like that. Uh, and just because of people just being so judgmental. Uh, and not being able to understand because, you know, say, for instance, you look at a, a pentagram, you know what I mean? You, and people automatically think, oh, that's Satan worshiping. Most people don't know the pentagram is something that, you know, white witches put out there. This, it's a protecting sign. So it's not something right. It's not, you know, what you think. It's been something that's been demonized. You know what I mean? You know, and what they've made it to think what they want you to think it may mean. And it's not the truth. So it's it's really interesting uh, because that whole movement, the New Age movement, the Wiccan movement, uh, people, you know, uh, you know, really getting into pagan side of, uh, you know, you know, things of that Sam Hain and all that, you know, really interesting old school, you know, really kind of reverting back uh, to some of the older, older, you know, uh, religions and beliefs and thoughts. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. Think again. Because we've gone through it, we're now much more open to it. Uh, so we as adults are more understanding to things of Wicca or uh, things of this nature. You know, understanding the, the history and exactly what all those symbols mean. Not all of them are bad. Not everything is made up exactly the way Hollywood right. designs it to be. Yep. All that shit's just for entertainment purposes only anyways. Right. Uh, you know, so it... it you can't look at it with that same myopic view that we that our parents had with us, uh, and I don't think we are. And I think that's no. a huge reason why there's been so many steps in a positive direction as to understanding, uh, and that's why the, that whole Satan craze ended. I mean, again, it was it was everywhere. It was all over everything. If you look at all the movies in the '80s, uh, they almost had a satire of how it seemed like corporations were evil. Yeah. You know, there oh, was a yeah. really yeah. dark, pretty 
satanic like background to it, and, and every with everything, all the media, you you know, from the Running Man to RoboCop to, I mean, you name it, even Back to the Future. <laughs> I mean, really think think about how dark some of that shit came off, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the way they they portray the how the media is these conglomerates, and it's uh, you know, it was a perfect example of the 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 stress that parents felt to try to protect their children or keep their children away from things that were were dark, and and everything instantaneously became. You know the heaven versus hell battle. Yeah, yeah, it did. And you know what, Jay? Another thing that kind of uh, uh, kickstarted this whole thing, and I and I started with it a little bit with uh, Charlie Manson, but it was a lot of during that time. There was a a little bit of a slew of like just crazy like serial killers. You know, uh, you yeah. Know, we had John yep. Wayne Gacy. You know, you had uh, the Berkowitz dude. You know, the son of Sam uh, during the late seventies. So, yeah. yeah. I even asked yep. my mom about that. My mom, you know, she she grew up in in in, in uh, Connecticut. And, uh, you know, the seventies and that was the summer of 76. And, uh, you know, I asked her about it. I said, you know, do you remember anything about that? And she's like, Oh yeah, I, re- I remember completely. She's like that summer, you could not be outside past seven o'clock, maybe six thirty, because they would just like yell at you to get your ass inside. I mean, there was no, like it was total curfew lockdown situation for that summer. That guy had everybody in a panic. You know what I mean? And, you know, of course, yeah. you know, the whole thing that came down with him, he said he was taking, you know, all these orders from like a dog that was uh, possessed by Satan, supposedly. And, you know, that, of course, you know, elevated the whole satanic panic thing again. You know what I mean? I mean, just another thing to add, you know, more wood into the fire, uh, another log into the fire of this whole thing. And then, of course, you know, you had Ted Bundy, uh, you know, who <laughs> escaped prison and, you know, in the late seventies and, uh, and then, and then was recaptured in the eighties again, you know what I mean? And of course he said that he wasn't, you know, completely uh, there either. He was basically getting directions from other beings, uh, during this whole time. So again, you have all these, you know, individual people that seem to have a lot of, uh, either mental illness, uh, or seem to be of course oppressed or possessed by some type of evil entity or spirit, you know, what have you. But of course it's all, Pointed again towards the, you know, satanic panic thing again. And, and, and again, it's just interesting to me during that whole time. There was a lot of that stuff going on. Uh, you had the Zodiac Killer during that time. Uh, you know, the Number Killer. Uh, you know, had all these just different stuff that was just happening during that time. It was just crazy. And, of course, it just basically diverted again to the satanic panic thing. Um, another thing I wanted to ask, Jay. We, you know, we talk about this time, you know, in the 80s. You know, we don't talk about, uh, you know, enough about... You know the movies that came out during that time. You know there was a lot of the the uh, the movies that were kind of like geared towards that as well. Even the horror movies that were geared towards like satanic rituals and and, and things of that nature. And, and you know it was it's crazy how they blamed a lot of the, the 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 music, but they never blamed the movies. You know what I mean? To me, it was just like damn the movies. No, they to didn't. Me, no, they never did. They never blamed the movies. They always blamed the music, but no. never the movies. That to me was always kind of peculiar. I don't know why, but don't you think a movie would leave more of a lasting impression on you than a damn song? Well, and I think that was but the thing with with movies is that it's hard to leave it up to interpretation. Yeah, uh, a visual medium is way harder to debate, debunk, or deny than an audio medium, and that was the whole thing with uh, why I. That's why I think 
that musicians and music suffered way worse than uh, yes, movies did. did. While with movies, it was evident, you know, like you had uh, that movie, the VHF, you know, the Weird Al Yankovic yeah. vehicle. Was, it was an awful, 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 awful movie. But again, you have this big TV guy and he's, he's scummy, he's evil. He really is. He runs a huge corporation, which is like his own personal hell. And, uh, <laughs> he's the operator. He's the man. So he's, he's a Satan figure and the things he goes through to try to, to get his way. Yeah. Um, but with music, you can play it a certain way or you can interpret it a certain way because it's written with the heart. It's written with poetry. It's, it's, less up to interpretation language in and of itself is open to interpretation so just like that line they said that ozzy osbourne had where they said that he said shoot 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 at the end of that song and he says he's like no that had had nothing to do with that he was like that was an effect that was on a board that we use i was just gonna bring that up i was just gonna bring that up uh kid uh killed himself while listening to i think it was a bark at the moon album yep and uh and they put ozzy on trial and, he, and the prosecutor was saying that if you listen to it, you can hear him say, go get the gun, shoot, 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 shoot. And it did, like, if you really listen to it, it it's not, unless that, that unless unless you're looking with a fine-tooth film to find something. So <laughs> I think that's why movies didn't get as bad. Although, but if you, I mean, really think about it. The 80s was the ultimate in... Uh, <clears throat> not just not just movies that were so overt, like your slasher flicks, like your uh, Halloween. And no, but then you had like, Masters, but then you had like your the, Friday Thirteenth. You're like your weird ones, like you're talking about these movies, but you're talking like how about those weird ones, like uh, um, what was that? Cube. Scene? Yeah, exactly. That was great. Like, yeah, that was crazy. Exactly. That's what, so. You have you have movies like that, or even something more god like The Lost Boys, something that's yeah. that's widely regarded as you know as a as a. How about Faces of Death? <laughs> yeah, yeah so there you go. Yeah, that you shit was this, fucking such crazy. A wide wide range. Yeah, but there was so much there was so much symbolism to everything. There's yeah. not as much symbolism with movies today. You don't yeah. find as much, uh, you know, real true death. And that and and that and that symbolistic, and I think it w- we were still all still so young and so naive to it that our parents' reaction was to see only the negative, not how we were highlighting the negative. Yeah, yeah. I remember Jay. One day, um, I was watching WWF wrestling. I was a kid. I was probably like, I don't know, fuck, nine, ten years old, maybe yeah. eleven, twelve. And uh, The Undertaker came on TV. <laughs> yeah, man. And, yeah, uh, you know, his uh, very ominous entrance music and his uh, very ominous entrance Dung. of himself. Yeah. And I Dung. remember my grandma was over at the house that day, and he happened to pop on TV. And my grandmother flipped the fuck out. She thought that was the devil incarnate himself that was on television and right there. She was like, turn that shit off. She's like, I don't want to see that shit. She's like, that's the devil. You know, just shit like that, though. I mean, it's just like, it's amazing. During that time, you know, it was just like, you know, that was the late. 
Kayla. Abuela was You're freaking out. Abuela, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Dude, I didn't think uh, anything of it. I was a kid. I was just sitting there, sitting there watching wrestling, thinking I was just chilling out. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, The Undertaker's coming out, and my grandma's throwing holy water at the TV, you know? So, yeah, listen. <laughs> He's <laughs> like the nanny and goonies. Yeah. I just feel. I just feel. Exactly. No, dude, I mean, I remember those two kids. Three kids, actually, uh, that lived across the street from me. Yeah. Um, and I remember we used to play Pog yeah. and read comic books. Yeah. And I remember one day I went to go trade comic books with them, and their mom had thrown all the comic books away. Oh, jeez. Why? What? Tell and me what spin was on this those one. Were, those were images of the devil. <sighs> okay. I mean, we're talking normal, normal average kids. We're not talking like they're growing up in a convent. We're not talking they're, you know, their their parents didn't seem fairly overly religious. Right. Uh, you know, good, good, cool people. They lived there for a few, quite a few years, and then all of a sudden, <sighs> bam, they yeah. can't play pogs and they can't. They, yeah. All their comic books got thrown away because you know those are images of the devil. Wow, amazing. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. grew. I mean, my mother is fairly religious and. That was never an issue. Yeah, and my mom was too. And you know what? We played Dungeons and Dragons. She knew what we were doing. You yeah. know what I mean? And it wasn't anything that was bad. She understood it too. You know what I mean? My mom was a little bit open minded. We played at my house. We played at your house. You know a lot too. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, know, yeah. It, it just it, it's the perception, of course, that's being portrayed. And you know, of course, during that time, the media. Uh, you know, there was no internet either. People don't have to you know fail to remember there was no internet. And in the 80s, so there wasn't like you can go check a fucking story out and make sure it was legit. You basically, whatever was on the news was what you knew. And that was it. <laughs> there was no fact checking or anything. So uh, whatever the Oop. fucking news on channel 3, 4, 5, 8, 9, 10, or 11 told you what it was, that's all you knew. And that was it. That was that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, there was no fact checking. So uh, again, you know, that's all you had to go by. And people were getting this false information. And it was getting just repeated, you know, just repeated over and over and over again. Everything was just getting pointed to it. And uh, it's crazy. You know what, Jay? There was another thing that was really interesting that I found out about this whole thing. I was doing research on this. And even the law enforcement had, you know, their own video when it came to this. You know that? I did not know that. Yeah, they had, like, their own guide to Satanism. It's like a law enforcement guide to Satanism. Hold on. Let me play a little clip for this thing. I found this little gem on the internet, of course. Thank God for YouTube, and you can find anything on there, of course. But check this out, Jay. This is fucking really interesting. The problem involved with the cult explosion is becoming a many-faceted puzzle confronting law enforcement today. Not only is it difficult for us to understand the secret practices of satanic worship, but there are deeper reasons that go beyond mere lust for power and the unlimited drugs and deviant sexual behavior that go with it. Unfortunately, the police investigator attempts to analyze these types of crimes with his routine of criminal investigation. Love the music, by the way. In the cases of satanic practices involving deviant sexual behavior, and, the investigator forgets the offense was committed by an abnormal person influenced by many strange and complex motivations, and therefore, Law enforcement's analysis of the crime and the criminal must be guided by the principles of abnormal sexology. In 
it is imperative that these cases be solved. They are vicious, revolting, and create fear in any community. Men are apprehensive for the safety of their wives, mothers, and daughters, women for their children and themselves. It is only through proper training that the police officer can hope to gain the ability to understand and recognize which are regular offenses and those that belong to cult behaviors. This, this really sounds a like a PSA you would see in, like, Pleasantville or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is legit, Jay. This is something that I found on YouTube through the Fair, uh, through the fair Act, uh, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, Fair Information Act. Uh, and uh, they basically released this, and this was actually part of the law enforcement training video. This is part of, like, they showed it to law enforcement during that time to help quell this whole fucking satanic panic thing. Listen on. Enforcement problem. Therefore, all law enforcement officers should be familiar with the different types of degeneracy, so they'll be able to associate the type of criminal with the offense committed, and to properly charge and prosecute the criminal in an intelligent manner. Yeah, man, that's fucking crazy, no? That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was a training. I, really, I, like I say, it 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 really does sound like some kind of like. Like, did you ever see the movie Dodgeball? Yeah, of course. And they had that one, the video, uh, Hank Azaria's, it's like 1940 yeah, 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 or something, yeah, yeah. and he's like, Dodgeball is a game of degradation and segregation, <laughs> and, or whatever the fuck he says. And, you know, it it, it really, it, it sounds like it's a spoof yeah, or something. Like, yeah. how the fuck would that ever get on? TV or, or not on TV, but how, how did that even get made? Like, who was sitting there was like, you know, we need our budget? Yeah. We need to make a video talking about Satanism and cult behavior. Like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> did they and break the crime? Was it a crime? And then I mean, prosecute them accordingly, Jay. Gee, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of misinformation, man. A lot of misinformation going around and you know, during the 80s, it just was just, it was unbelievable, like, what people were believing. Uh, again, you know, this whole satanic panic thing, man, it still continues to this day, I believe. I really do believe, Jay. If they can blame it on that, they will. You know what I mean? If they get any kind of oh, inkling yeah. on it, any 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 little bit of, you know, rope, they'll, they're going to give it on, they're going to attack it on that rope. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For so. sure. There's definitely... uh there's there's all kinds of things that are still attached to it. There are, there's definitely still stigmatisms around it. But I really hope for our future that we as people can understand that as long as you're not hurting anybody, it doesn't matter what what you say or how you like. If you feel a certain way, that's great. There should be no judgment. I don't right. know why everybody hears. Well, I think our generation. Why we always hold judgment? I think our generation J is probably the first generation of understanding like that things like that. Um, you know, I think our past generation, that was probably the last one where they would hold on to those older, uh, you know, uh, beliefs and, 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 and uh, you know, value system where, you know, they they wouldn't, you know, associate themselves with somebody like that versus somebody like us where, you know, hey, uh, we play uh, basketball with uh, Jimmy over there, but he's a Satanist, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we still play basketball on Fridays, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's different in our times. You know, we, we don't. We don't judge people that way, I don't think, anymore, at least in our generation. I mean, I think past generations did that.
Yeah, well, it was definitely much more closed-minded. You know, uh, again, it just seems like as a society, we were so much more naive. You know, we came out of these, like, dark times in the 60s and 70s that were tumultuous, and there was, you know, treason in the White House. There was assassinations on presidents. There was secret wars going on. There was all kinds of corruption and, you know, just, either complete ineptitude mm-hmm. uh, in, in government. And then you get to kind of like the 80s. And everyone was so tired of everything being so heavy and so, you know, raw that we all started to loosen up a little bit. But those old school, that those last vestiges, uh, you know, dreaming everything should be leave it to Beaver and Mom, Pa, sleeping twin beds in the same room on the other sides of one another like <laughs> it, it, no it's not it's, it's not, not that's it not like an that. actual society that's no, that's no. separate shit yep. uh you, you know and i think the 80s was the real beginning of the uh the breaking down of that and those last that's just those 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 little tendrils of existence were very hard to break yeah, they, they were. They, they resisted were. it very, very much. So, well, listen. I think that's a wrap for uh, this week or this week's. Yeah, topic is uh, satanic panic. And listen, Jay, uh, we really got into it this week, and I really appreciate you getting into it uh, and uh, really divulging a lot of this information. No, what a great topic! What a it great is. topic! I'm really looking forward to this. It is. It is. And uh, of course, uh, that brings us to the outro. And of course, before we say goodbye, uh, we have one more uh, uh, topic, and of course, or I would say segment and that was what to watch and this is uh where jay gives us a little bit of recommendation of what to watch jay what do you have for us for this week all right well i have been meaning to check out peaky blinder ah. uh i i promise by the next time we talk i will have seen a couple episodes it is on my list of things to do that was gonna be my what to watch mm-hmm. but since i've yet to watch it i can't say that so <laughs> in the vein of promotion yes uh and in the vein of self-degradation <laughs> my what to watch in support of Shakurama uh, oh here it is I know where it's coming is Nightmare on Elm Street hell yeah the, the original the classic if you can make it out there Lake Worth do it's a great little theater it is such, it's super retro it's fantastic yeah. it's intimate it was a wonderful setting wonderful people uh, they served alcohol, which was super helpful yes, for is. those awful movies we watched. House on Hard Hill was good. House on Hard Hill was good, though. Nah, it was a great night. Yeah, it was good. Um, House on Hard Hill was fantastic. Because, yeah. uh, again, they lampooned themselves. Uh, whereas <laughs> Amityville took itself way too seriously. Ooh, yeah. uh, uh, but if you, if you live in the area, come on out. That's the movie. That's my suggestion for what to watch. If you don't live anywhere and you cannot get all the way here to Lake Worth, uh, Jaffiel, uh, I know you guys have other shit to do, uh, but on your own time, rent it, fire your ticket, however you got to do, yeah. sit back, yeah. you know, make sure you don't have to work in the morning in case you give yourself nightmares. <laughs> Unless that's just me. Johnny Depp's uh, movie debut, by the way. It certainly was. It certainly, certainly yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found out, uh, side note, movie knowledge. I found out today. What's that? That, uh, so you know the movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, of course. Okay. Who, do you know who directed that movie? Uh, 
Was that it, was the who like wrote it and, and wrote it, directed it? Was was it Sam Raimi? No, it was John Carpenter. Ah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Now, here's what's really here's what I thought because I always knew that was a John Carpenter vehicle. Uh, you know, it's not quite some of his best horror stuff, but it mm-hmm. definitely has uh, a weird, you know, horror mystical vibe to it. The main theme song that you hear, like, with those kind of, like, techno, China, you know, Japanese kind of sounds to it. And you, yeah. you, know, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. That's John Carpenter. Oh, is it? Listen, that he guy, wrote, he, he's amazing with the fucking music as well, man. He doesn't get enough credit for it. I know, I know. I didn't realize he was so talented uh, musically. And then you can actually YouTube the music video if you want to see a bunch of middle-aged uh, <laughs> film directors uh, rocking out and a music video it is so 1980s. <laughs> Check it the fuck out. That's a bonus what to watch. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting when I found that he not only wrote he sang and performed that song and they did a music video which is so bad that's horrible but it's great at the same time no listen he doesn't get enough credit i mean you know of course he did that you know that song which i didn't even know he did but of course he did the theme for halloween of course so uh, any guy that comes up with that uh, is uh, is a king in my book so yeah that, listen that's a great for what to watch um and i uh, just want to remind everybody how to uh, uh listen to the podcast you can just uh, follow us on darkfringeradio.wordpress.com Go to any one of the links there to uh, listen to the podcast, any one of your favorites, uh, including Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud. Yeah, all those uh, combined. And then, of course, how to uh, follow the show. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, YouTube. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. And if you want to send us anything uh, via email, you can if you uh, have anything for the mailbag. Or if uh, you have anything for the show itself. You can send that to us uh, directly at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, that's it for the outro. Jay, you have anything else to add on for tonight? That is all I got for the night. Uh, I hope everybody stays safe out there. I hope uh, everyone has a great day, a wonderful week. And we will be right here again next week on Dark Fringe Radio. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. And uh, again, I'm Will Martinez for Jay Galosi. And uh, have a good night.
I'm Rick Sugarplum. Breaking news tonight of an incident which led to a fire at Santa's workshop in Toy Production North. Our own Donnie Chestnut is live at the scene. Donnie, what's going on and will it affect Christmas? Uh, well, Rick, what we know is there was a fire caused by a knocked-over licorice lamp as elves were fleeing the workshop, but no word yet as to what they were fleeing from. Still looking for answers here. I saw the whole thing! I saw the whole thing walking back from the Candy Cane Depot. I saw the whole thing! Okay, looks like we have an eyewitness here. Uh, what's your name, sir? Don't matter what my name is. I see what happened. A polar bear got into the workshop and started eating the elves. I don't know those elves, and I don't work with those elves, but those elves are gone! Wait, uh, hold on, is this man saying a polar bear got inside the workshop? Uh, yes, I believe he is, uh, but sir, there's an electrified fence around the perimeter. It don't matter about no electrified fence. The bear came right through the fence. It looked just like Jurassic Park. It just ran through the fence. These bears are out there, and they're hungry because of global warming, and they smelled that fresh elf meat and went crazy. The bears are coming for us, y'all. Well, that is some troubling news. Any word on who might have been injured? Uh, well, no official casualties have been confirmed. I'll confirm the casualties right now! Look at this leg! Look at this leg! Here's, I found this laying down on the ground down there! They're dead! Bears was popping elves in their mouth like Skittles! Not even chewing! Swallowing elves whole! Pointing shoes and all! Donnie, Donnie, looks like this could be far worse than originally thought. Uh, again, Rick, I, um, I don't want to speculate as to how serious it is without official word. Let me break it down for you. I'll tell you how bad it is. This white teenage elf girl ran out here straight up to me, a black elf in sweatpants, and asked me to keep her safe. That's how bad it is. My friends are still in there. Girl, they dead. Where's Santa? That's what I want to know. Santa's supposed to be here, and he's nowhere to be found. Christmas is canceled! No, no, it's not. No, it is not. Please do not announce that, sir. Uh, but thanks for the info. What was your name again? It don't matter what my name is! Okay, well, responses are already pouring in from the magical being community. Uh, the Tooth Fairy via Instagram moments ago. Uh, wings heavy with despair this evening. Sending my thoughts and prayers to the North Pole. Some moving words there. That bitch sounds crazy! So, you don't need no thoughts and prayers. How about sending some guns and ammunition? Cause some bear traps. Cause more bears are coming. And they eating it. Eating is good, don't stay a secret for long. We're up here, we're defenseless, and we're small, we're adorable, and we're chewable. Okay, thank you, sir. We are good with you. Uh, Rick, here comes an elf who just emerged from the workshop, ma'am. Santa, no! He knew that fence was old, and he didn't replace it, because it cost 5,000 more gumdrops than he wanted. Our peppermint blood is on your hands! Listen to this sexy-ass elf right here. When polar bears are in town, <laughs> the fattest man in the North Pole is nowhere to be found. He's MIA. Pretty convenient, huh? Don't you think? We're just scratching at the surface at this thing. Hashtag Santa New. Oh, don't say things like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. And what is your name again? It don't matter what my name is. It don't matter. It does matter for our viewers, please. All right, my name is Kittle Diddles. <laughs> I don't like my name. That's why I didn't want to say it. Okay, well, thank you, Kittle Diddles. Wait, I... Rick, I think I hear something. It's very faint. I, I think it's singing. Hey, that ain't no damn singing. It's the band. The band's coming back. The band's coming back.